Luke 8, 22 through 56. One day he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out and as they sailed, he fell asleep and a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling with water and were in danger. And they went and woke him saying, master, master, we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves and they ceased and there was a calm. He said to them, where is your faith? And they were afraid and they marveled, saying to one another, Who then is this that he commands even winds and water? And they obey him. Then they sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. When Jesus had stepped out on land, there met him a man from the city who had demons. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he had not lived in a house but among the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many a time it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? And he said, Legion for many demons had entered him. And they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Now a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and drowned. When the herdsmen saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then people went out to see what had happened, and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away, proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. Now, when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus who was a ruler of the synagogue and falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house for he had only, for he had an only daughter about 12 years of age and she was dying. As Jesus went, the people pressed around him. There was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. And immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, Who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from you. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came, trembling, and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. 
Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, Do not fear, only believe, and she will be well. And when he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him except Peter and John and James and the father and mother of the child. And all were weeping and mourning for her. But he said, Do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, he called and saying, Child, arise. And her spirit returned, and she got up at once, and he directed that something should be given to her to eat. And her parents were amazed, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. Three amazing stories. <laughs> Three least. pretty well-known At stories. At least, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Well, actually, yeah, I'm four, four, uh, four, four. Wait, is that right? No, five. Yeah. No, four. Four, You're four, right. yeah. Okay. So the storm, the man with the demon. Yes. The woman with the discharge of yes. blood and Jairus' daughter. Yes. And uh, all really powerful stories. And um, gosh, I mean, <laughs> Luke is like such an awesome book and challenging book to walk through on <clears throat> a short form podcast because it's like, there, you could do like just hour-long sermons on all these. Right. So least. we have Jesus calming the storm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's a shorter story. And, um, you know, it's one of those funny moments in the gospel where Jesus, he, he's asleep. Mm-hmm. And the disciples are freaking out. And they woke him. And then Jesus gets up, rebukes the, the wind and waves like it was nothing. And yeah. then he's like, what's wrong with you guys? Where's your faith? <laughs> um, at least that's how it's easy to read it that way. I know. And, uh, and they marvel at him. And then there's, you know, Jesus goes out, out to the outskirts of town. And, you know, I kind of think of the Oakland cemetery on the east side of Atlanta. Oh yeah. 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 Um, cause it's like an awesome, like creepy graveyard yes. and like the skyline of Atlanta is like in the distance. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, um, I'm like, gosh, imagine like a demon possessed man. Right naked, around naked. Screaming. Yeah, yeah. I know. And so just, there's a, so much grit. So there. much here. I know. And, uh, and then, you know, he, this is actually the first missionary, you know, mm. Jesus, uh, he heals him. And then he, the, the man asks if he can come with Jesus and Jesus sends him back to the Gerasenes to yeah. tell him to, yeah. you know, basically preach good news and, and to worship the Lord. And then we have this interesting sandwich story where Jairus comes and solicits Jesus' help. Mm-hmm. On the way, the this woman touches the fringe of his garment and is mm-hmm. healed. And then Jesus heals Jairus' daughter. So, Jennifer, <laughs> I'm just makes it, well, it all it at makes you. sense. Where at you this. Go? I know. Okay. Go? Thanks for that. All right. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Um, well, first, let's see the storm. I think one of the things that really I've been thinking a lot about recently and just contemplating, uh, I don't know what you saw, a doctrine of creation of just being a creature and the goodness in that, um, that we saw completely upended in the garden where basically now we want to be gods. We want to be, you know, go our own way and in control and, um, not need help and save ourselves. And we want God to, um, transact on our currency, not on his, you know, all the things. Um, and it really struck me yesterday when, we read about the women um, who followed Jesus and how mm-hmm. it says that they um, provided for them, you know, Jesus and his disciples out of their means. Um, 
And just thinking about us being completely dependent on God and him providing for us, but then God not despising humanity and so much so that he literally (laughs) becomes human um, and is willing to depend on us in this way, you know, with these women or depend on these women providing for him because obviously he was going around, didn't even have a, you know, his own home or a place to lay his head um, or a job that we know of in these three years. And then here in the storm, he sleeps. Mm-hmm. So I'm mean, again, just highlighting the, the true humanity of Jesus and how much he, um, you know, I don't know, he doesn't despise it the way we do mm-hmm. of being dependent on each other totally. or dependent on God. And so much so he's so dependent on his father that he's willing to sleep in the midst of a storm without a single care. Yeah. And I just imagine like, wow, what, what kind of sleep <laughs> would that be? Um, obviously. Gosh. That is a very indicative of our trust in the father that we will lay our heads down and sleep. And especially in the midst of a storm. So uh, contrasting that we see these disciples who actually are only human, fully human and only human. And they are, you know, not willing to sleep and trust the father in this. So that's like a stark contrast. Yeah. And they're also doubting very much doubting Christ. I mean, they've seen some amazing things from Christ at this point. They've acknowledged that he's the Christ. They've fallen down and worshiped, Mm -hmm. or maybe that's actually coming now at the end of this, but they've seen a lot of amazing things. Let's just put it that way. And yet their immediate response is this terror um, and waking Christ in this. And then he just highlights again, uh, you know, it's easy for him to rebuke. So now we see his complete, his divinity and to calm the storm that he has power over creation mm-hmm. um, because he is creator God and uh, highlights again, the, the difference between this faith and fear. Mm. Then moving into the Gerasenes. Now this is interesting because they got in a boat and they sailed. And when you look at a map, this region is actually on the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee. Um, and that is a predominantly um, Gentile region. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and they've been up in the north side was like kind of more of a mix, like Jews living amongst the Gentiles. So this is kind of an interesting shift in Jesus. Like we see it from the feeding of the 5,000, like the one that's primarily Jews, like on the northern part of the yeah. thing. And then He's going to come back and do a feeding of the 4,000 like in this area of yeah. the Jurassic. Oh. So this is kind of like a little, he heals this man. He sends him on his way. Like you said, the first missionary. And apparently he was um, very effective. He was very faithful in that because when Jesus comes back, there are a lot of people who respond in faith. Whereas in this time, when Jesus is here among the Gentiles, they're terrified of him and they want him to go away. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I do want to, I think like speak to like a, a point that I like flew over. So, um, you know, maybe not needing to get like super deep into the story of this, like, uh, exorcism and everything, but, you know, first of all, it's really interesting that the, the people when they, he, he basically like, you know, neutralizes and converts like public enemy number one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you'd think like they would like erect the statue of Jesus in the courtyard, but they are like, please get out of here. Like, <laughs> right. You know, please leave. And so I think that's interesting to see like, uh, you know, even 
like there's this idea that kind of floats around that um like I, I was listening to armchair expert once with Dak Shepard mm-hmm. who's like you know big wig uh, actor and he's a very outspokenly atheist but I've heard him say like you know I would I would love nothing more than to believe in Jesus mm-hmm. and to believe in God and like it would be like the best day of my life if Jesus would like appear to me like floating in my backyard and say mm-hmm. like I'm the son of God follow me and I would mm-hmm. and but like since he hasn't I'm not going to and I'm like, there's so many like philosophical and like, you know, there that's like such a terrible way to choose a belief system, period. Right. But, um, you know, it's like the core belief there is that uh, we are so smart and, mm-hmm. um, you know, steadfast that just one sign and we'll be like locked in. And so many people waver on the brink of, of the faith, right. waiting for that to pull them over. And... The gospel accounts, one of the things that you can learn very clearly from the gospels is Mm -hmm. you can see Jesus face to face in every sign and still want to crucify him. Mm. And so there's a warning there. But then, you know, Jesus, this man, he, it says that he begged that he might be with him, but Jesus sent him away. Right. Saying, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And that seems like hard because it's like, oh, Jesus, like, just let him get on the boat. <laughs> right, like, right. <laughs> just let him be, be with you. But he has a kingdom in mind. Yeah. And he also knows that he's going to p- to prepare a place for this man. Right. And so. Well, it just highlights God's purposes in Christ's coming. Like, it's not just to save you personally and for your personal safety and comfort. But again, he's um, he's calling people to himself to then proclaim uh, make God's name, you know, yep. um, why am I having a hard time with my words among the nations, great yeah. among the nations. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I think that this command of Jesus kind of flies in the face of a lot of, um, and I, I want to be very like, you know, I don't know everything about this topic and just like humble in saying this, but there, there's sort of this like, and Billy Bean and I've talked about this, but there's like this missiological breeze that's like blown through the church that's kind of that, like, if you're serious about the Lord, like, you need to get out there. You need to, like, leave everything behind. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like, that's, like, the sign of being serious about your faith. And, you know, I, of course, we, like, long for the nations to know God. Mm-hmm. And we, like, long for God's name to be great among these, like, unreached people groups. Mm-hmm. But... You know, sometimes Jesus really does send you right back to where you came from and said, go and declare how much God has done for you. Right. And, you know, there's people I know who like they they feel like they need to be in ministry. They feel like they need to be on the mission field. And like that's how they're going to like declare God's greatness. Mm. And they just, you know, like the circumstances of life, like the doors just don't open and it creates so much angst and frustration. And like, I get that. And like, you know, and that doesn't mean like difficulty doesn't mean you're not called or whatever. Right. But like, what a, what an interesting and powerful story that Jesus is like, just go back home and right. declare what God's done right. for you. And then he went away proclaiming throughout the city, how much Jesus had done for him. And uh, that, that is just such a great reminder that yeah. like, you know, it's not about like, Hey, if you're serious about this, like you need to go to Iraq today. Right. Right. It's like, just go back to East Cobb. <laughs> go yeah, go exactly. back to Vinings or right. Buckhead or Grant Park. Right. And tell everyone how yeah. much God has done. For and them. then what a response. I mean, I just think on the heels of our other story about the woman, um, you know, um, 
anointing Jesus' feet with the oil and her tears and just that like self-abandon, like worship and love. And you see that in this uh, healed man where he's so, obviously his longing is to be with Christ. And yet he is so much loves him that he responds in obedience to his command to him, which to your point about people asking for a sign to believe. And we see this highlight of the demons here who actually know who Christ is they actually speak to him very respectfully, yeah. um, call him by who he is, are pretty deferential and are willing to obey him. Yeah. And so there's clearly something missing. And I love this. Um, Jonathan Edwards um, noted this and he said, basically, nothing was wanting but love. Wow. So the again, with Dak Shepard, with all these people you know, who are like, I would believe it's like, that's not what God's calling you to. I mean, he is calling you to believe, oh. but it is from a place of love. And then you see that highlighted in the next, exactly. And then you see that highlighted in these other stories where you've got the other thing I love about this passage. I mean, one thing about reading it all is you see, I mean, there's, there could not be more different walks of life, privilege, understanding, um, morality. I mean, you have this man who's just like at the far edges of like, I mean, basically just demonic activity. Then you have a man who's, um, you know, presumably wealthy, well respected, a leader. Then you have a woman who's also in a now in a marginalized category because of her uncleanness, because of the particular um, issue that she has. And yet, what do all these people need? They need forgiveness for their sins. They need a savior. And, um, they and, need to respond in uh, repentance and faith. And they all know it. And they all know and it. And they all seek it out. And so, you know, I. I think like we don't, we probably need to start landing the plane. Since <laughs> we be here everybody, all day. Everybody's pulling up to Brasil Gore right. or <laughs> Truist Bank and uh, are about to log on to Zoom. And so, yeah. but you, you know, like it, it is just a great reminder. And, and I just think of this man, you know, he probably didn't have like the most robust theology. And I'm sure like he began to study the scriptures, hopefully, and in and, and the capacity that he could in that time. But, uh, you know, he, all that he really knew in that moment mm. was that Jesus, the son of the most high God had set him free. Mm. And that's all that he needed to go and be faithful. And so, uh, you know, if you're, if you're hearing this and you're kind of at that like dead end of, um, like, where do I, you know, like I, I need like X, Y, and Z, like, no, like mm-hmm. the Lord has set you free and, and you know, God. And so like you have what you need. So just go mm-hmm. and declare what God has done for you. Mm. At Brassfield and Gory. <laughs> Love <laughs> <Or> it. <wherever. laughs> um, so, wish we had, you know, words would fail us to look all the way into all these stories. Exactly. But here all day. Um, for today, for Jennifer McClish's Will Carlisle, we will see you tomorrow as we continue through the book of Luke. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404 465 1737 or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.